0: Alright, and we are live. Hello everybody, welcome to Monday. A lot of people hate Mondays because they think, you know what? Gotta get up for work, I had a lovely weekend, now I gotta go back to the job. But I love Mondays, and I'll tell you why. Because of all the days of the week, Monday has the best stories. Monday is always chock full of good stories because we got all the stories from this morning, we got all the stories from yesterday, the day before, and Friday evening, so... Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Hello, Wildcat Diva, Luke Mahalik. Let's see here. Chris Driver and Daniel J. Korica. Nice to see you guys on there and uh, the other viewers who are here. And uh, today, we got some good news for you guys. Now, Valeria has gone, sadly. She is working. Uh, She said she'll be back about 8, so we're going to miss her. But... I think you're gonna be happy with today's show.' It's, it's it's quite a lot of fun. I have a lot of bitterness to get off my chest. Uh, a lot of confusion to wade through. it's a it's a confusing day today, the news but uh, but interesting stuff. All right, so I think without further ado, we should get into it, although I do want to do before we get into it, I do want to do the intro. That's right. I remembered the intro. Just remember we are the least professional show on YouTube. Uh, I am toxic, my wife is masculine, together we are Toxic Masculinity. Let's do this. Toxic Masculinity. Alright, so yeah, so uh, without further ado, let's get on to the first story. Uh, The first story is, Twitter suspends Spanish politician for saying that men can't get pregnant. Yeah, this is... (laughs) This is pretty ridiculous. Uh ooh, wrong thing. Let's see here. Uh yeah, Spanish politician temporarily suspended by Twitter after saying that a man cannot get pregnant. How dare he? How very dare he. Uh let's have a look here. <laughs> now, and you may be wondering why anyone might think that that was somehow a bannable offense to say a man can't get pregnant. Um so the idea behind this in case you haven't figured this out yet. Is that uh, women who have transitioned to become a man in their life, right? So they've decided that, uh, you know, like Rachel Maddow, right? I'm tired of being a woman. I wanna be a man. So they cut their hair real short and they wear pants all the time. And then they basically just go around pretending that they're a man, which they're not. Um, They can still get pregnant, obviously. They got all the uh, reproductive parts that are needed to reproduce. And so when they do get pregnant, uh, they are apparently a pregnant man because they've they've said they're a man. They're not really a man, obviously, but they've said they're a man. And so I guess that makes them a man. Okay, so let's go ahead and read this. Let me just make sure everything's kosher. Yeah, nobody seems to be complaining about the audio or anything. so let's let's do this. Um, going back to the story. There we go. Let me get rid of Valeria's picture there. Nope, oh, that's mine. There we go. Um, Francisco José uh, Contreras. Well, he sounds like a contrarian. <laughs> All right. Deputy to Spain's far-right Vox party was locked out of his Twitter account for 12 hours last week. After saying a man cannot get pregnant because they have no uterus or egg. Well, that may have something to do with it, right? Uh, Twitter does not like people on the right. Uh, Far right, middle right, anything right. They don't like them. Now, I don't know. Maybe I disagree with this guy. Maybe I don't like this guy. uh, But obviously saying a man man can't get pregnant uh, should not be a bannable offense. Let's see here. Uh, Contreras' comments were in response to an article that he shared on social media on the social media platform about a transgender male who announced they were a father after giving birth to a baby girl, Contreras said in a Facebook post on May 11th that he had received a message from Twitter which informed them they had violated the policies on hate speech for the remarks. That's like Twitter's crazy, y'all. Twitter is crazy. Uh, a hateful tweet which I was forced to delete was one that said a man cannot get pregnant. A man has no womb or eggs. Contreras wrote in a response to the move. You can see this is already fascist biology. Next time I'll try 2 plus 2 equals (laughs) 4. Or how about the sky is blue? That's a good one, too. According to Twitter, Contreras violated its policy against material, uh, material that threatens, harasses, or fosters violence against other people on the basis of their race, ethnic origin, nationality, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religion, age, disability, or disease. How many people do you think are getting kicked off the platform for criticizing Christians? I'm thinking zero, or for being an American. Yeah, that's not happening. Keep in mind that the, uh, or being white. Yeah. Uh, Keep in mind that the repeated uh, defaults may lead to, defaults, that's interesting. Keep in mind that repeated defaults may lead to, that's a weird word to use, defaults. I I don't understand that, but whatever. That's, That's the word they've decided to go with. Keep in mind that repeated defaults may lead to permanent suspension of your account, Twitter warned. Go to Twitter now to fix the problem with your account. Spokesperson for Twitter declined to comment. Contreras', Contreras supporters have started a, uh, a hashtag, a man cannot be pregnant in response to Twitter's decision. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to I post that, actually. Um, we will not yield to Twitter's imposing a, uh, a twisted and anthropologically wrong worldview, not to mention biologically wrong. Contreras told LifeSite News. We will uh, continue to speak the truth about human nature. Biological truth should not be regarded as hate speech, its biology, not bigotry. Uh, This is the first time that content from the Vox Party has been flagged. According to Spanish publication Counting Stars, Twitter disabled the official Vox Party account for 24 hours during the country's election in January after the group claimed that high crime rates were tied to North African immigrants. Wow. So this indicates to me that Twitter is now actively uh actively uh, attempting to alter the results of foreign elections uh <laughs> yeah well we know that they do that here right with the whole hunter biden uh new york uh, new york post story well we're not going to let that get out we're going to hide that from the public so uh and i kind of Knew that they were they did stuff with like terrorist groups, like they wouldn't let certain organizations post and whatnot. Um, but this is this is uh, this looks like a party that is uh, a relatively mainstream party, I guess. I don't know, I, I don't really know anything about Spanish politics. Uh, but yeah, social media should not be in the business of trying to alter elections around the world. And if they are doing that, uh, yeah, then then as I said, the, the, I think the only the only um, resolution to this problem, uh, and it is a pretty serious problem, the amount of power that social media has, is just to regulate social media, right? You cannot you cannot censor political speech. I'm sorry, you can't censor political speech. You guys are essentially utilities. You cannot be sued by people for posting things that they don't like. Therefore, you cannot censor things that you don't like. Those are the rules, guys. Now all we have to do is make those the rules. (laughs) I don't understand. It's like so simple to me. It's it's so simple to me. You are not allowed to regulate speech because if you create an environment in which you have two political parties and one of them gets to say whatever they want and the other one doesn't get to say anything, well, then people are, are simply forced to accept the narrative of the party that gets to speak. They set the narrative entirely. The only people who are permitted to hear what the uh, opposing party has to say are those who go out and search for the message of the opposing party You cannot passively listen to something that's being blocked from you you have to go actively you have to actively go out and try to find it uh, and most people just aren't willing to do that so most people are just just accept the narrative that they passively hear and the message they passively hear is that which Twitter allows them to hear that which YouTube allows them to hear, that which Facebook allows them to hear. Now, I, personally, I can show you guys, actually, um, I can show you guys censorship in, in, uh, in, on my own account. Let's see here. Let's go to YouTube Studio. Let's have a look. In real time, let's go ahead and look at my own Censorship. Uh, we'll go to the gensaki video. This video is doing relatively well. Okay, yeah, this is pretty good here. Um, yeah, you guys can have a look behind the, the hood of my channel. Uh, okay, so this is... This is... Uh, can you see my mouse? I you... No, you cannot see my mouse. Let me... Can I fix that? I can, but I don't remember how, so we're just going to... We're just going to leave it off for now. But have a look up here at you, at um, at the, okay, so this is subscribed to unsubscribed, right? This is subscribed to unsubscribed. And you see here that we've got 94.8% of my views or my minutes of watched video uh, for this video are subscribed viewers, people who are subscribed. 5.2% not subscribed. Uh, so essentially, the only people that are that are even allowed to see my videos are people who are already subscribed to my channel. Now, you may not actually be able to see that, because my face might be in the way. Let me move this. Okay, there we go. You can see it now. Okay, so now look, uh, look down at the, uh, it's sort of in the middle on the left there. Watch time from subscribers. 94.8% subscribed, 5.2% not subscribed. So this is a huge problem because this means, like I said, nobody who's watching this video uh, uh, or very, very few people who are watching this video are not subscribed, meaning that that YouTube isn't distributing my video to, to everybody. They're only distributing my, people, my videos to my subscribers, to the people that already subscribed to my channel. Uh, and now what does that result in? Well, look at the top right here. Subscribers, negative 20. Negative 20. So... That's just from this video alone, right? Uh, now, is this video a particularly hated video? No, this video got uh, an amazing like to dislike ratio. Um, you know, I think it's something like you know ninety 99%, nine percent, ninety nine point five percent like to dislike ratio. So, lots of people liked this video, you know, way more than disliked it. But then, how do I lose twenty subscribers? seem to make any sense, right? Um, well partly it's because of this subscribed versus not subscribed thing. And and you can say, well, well, maybe your video wasn't that popular and it only reaches subscriber subscribed viewers. No, no. My my uh reach was really good. This this is actually really good. Eleven point three percent click through is excellent. Um on the first day it was actually much higher than this. Twelve percent it was actually something like sixteen yesterday. Um so, you know, the, the impressions are going up. They're going up not nearly as high as they should. Um, YouTube just doesn't promote my videos to anyone. They say that the browse features are the primary way people are getting notified. But the only people getting the browse features are subscribers. There's the only people getting it. So I'm basically locked in. Um, so, yeah, this is YouTube essentially just trying to destroy me, trying to destroy my channel. Um, fortunately I have a lot of, um, loyal viewers that do, and do watch my show, do like my show, and, uh, let me put that back actually, um, oops, not that one, I want that one, there we go, uh, and so I still get a, a significant number of views every episode, but, uh, but yeah, they are, they are essentially trying to crush my channel, and that's what Twitter's doing, um. And the thing is, you know, I am genuinely trying to express political perspective. That's all, right? I'm not trying to spread disinformation. I'm not trying to spread conspiracy theories. I'm not trying to encourage anyone to hate. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to encourage, encourage racism or any of the kind of, you know, things that they say are all these nasty things. Um, but I But I even think that those things need to be protected because the whole point of First Amendment free speech, the whole point is you have to be able to hear things that you don't like hearing, right? That's the whole point of it. And so this idea that this guy is saying something that Twitter doesn't like or maybe somebody who's trans doesn't like, and so he gets banned from social media, he's not allowed to speak. His And this uh, political party, Vox, the Vox Party in Spain, uh, is not allowed to express their ideas, to to spread their message uh, in a political campaign, um because what what is it that they said that got them banned uh because high crime rates are tied to North African immigrants now that may be true you could you could potentially find a statistical correlation with that. I don't know if they did that, but if that's true, how could you possibly get banned for simply stating a fact? It doesn't make any sense to me. It would be like saying high crime rates in America are tied to uh you know to high concentrations of Black people living in a particular region. Well, that may be true, right? That may be true. It's not. It's not an attractive thing to hear. It's not. It's not a lovely thing to say. People don't like hearing that. Um, But if that's true, then that has to be dealt with, right? That has to be dealt with. That's the whole concept of politics, right? Is to look at problems that we have and try to fix those problems. Well, if you're not even willing to hear the problem, how are you gonna? How are you gonna ever fix it? right and this is the problem with the left they want to put their heads in the sand not listen to anything they don't like free speech because they don't want to uh they don't want to hear things that they don't like they're they're very very sensitive uh i uh i just did a video i just posted a video about well we talked about this last week Marjorie Taylor Greene uh basically telling AOC that she thinks she supports terrorism and she needs to debate her on the green new deal and AOC basically said Oh, we need to get the uh we need to get the sergeant in arms to uh, to, uh, to to like somehow deal with Marjorie Taylor Greene and like uh somehow like physically restrain her or something like that because she she uh shouted at me from across the room and I and I feel threatened. Uh you know, you guys were there, we, we talked about this last week. Um I've actually turned that into a Mr. Reagan video, so we'll see what the uh the general Mr. Reagan audience thinks about that, but Wow, I mean, what a coward! The left are just a bunch of wimps, really. Um, I think that's what it boils down to. Uh, they can't stand somebody shouting at them and challenging them to a debate. They're 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 terrified of us, which I think is great. Uh, but I think that actually informs a lot of their decision making. Like, uh, oh, the, the the Republicans are all tough and 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 we don't like them. we we have to use the law to to fight against them. I think that's may, maybe at least in part why they're so vicious. It's something I hadn't thought of before. The left is really nasty, really vicious when it comes to um, you know, dirty political tricks and uh making really uh, brutal, harsh legislation. I mean, like impeaching Trump twice for for essentially hoaxes um is an absurd political uh maneuver. I mean, it it is so dirty and it's so vicious. I think there needs to be a consequence for trying to impeach a president um sort sort of like um what do they call it when you, um, when you sue somebody and, and the, uh, the lawsuit is, what, frivolous, right? They say it's a frivolous lawsuit. You can get in trouble for filing a frivolous lawsuit, but you you, you can't get in trouble for filing a frivolous impeachment. Now, how is that? that that's not good. That's not good because there is, no, there is nothing to discourage someone like Nancy Pelosi, a psychopath like Nancy Pelosi, from just over and over and over again impeaching somebody like Donald Trump who did nothing wrong. Uh, a president they just don't like. They just don't like them because they are politically opposed to their point of view. Um, yeah, uh, people like them do need to have some kind of consequence to their to their vicious actions. Now, you could say, well, the consequence is for them to get unelected, right? For the people of their district to say, "Wow, that's outrageous! I got to stop electing you." The problem is, the people in in uh, Nancy Pelosi's district are just as insane as she is. Right, and so why should we have this small district in California holding the rest of the country hostage? That doesn't make any sense to me. So we got to figure out how to fix that. That's that's certainly a problem. Problem the Democrats probably don't want to talk about. <laughs> All right, I don't know how to end that. <laughs> I can't think of a good way of ending it. So let's just end it. Uh, that's it for that story. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? Um, now this is I shouldn't have put this here I should have put this at the beginning because it doesn't transition as well into the next story the next story transitions perfectly into free speech but um but let's go ahead and and, and do this so yeah uh, so this story is CNN contributor fired for tweeting the world today needs a Hitler <laughs> The world today needs a Hitler. And you may be wondering exactly what he's talking about. Uh, Is it as bad as it sounds? Oh, yes, he's talking about eradicating the Jews. Um, Okay, so let's have a look here. Anti Semitic contributor is fired by CNN for posting The World Today Needs a Hitler seven years after his first uh, praising Nazi leader, or after first praising the Nazi leader. Um, Let's see here. The guy's name is Adil Raja, he's a freelance contributor. Uh, a CNN contributor has been fired after tweeting the world needs a Hitler in response to the growing violence between Israel and Palestine. In a statement, CNN officials said Adil Raja's reporting contributed to some news-gathering efforts from Islamabad. However, in light of these abhorrent statements, we will not be working with CNN. He will not be working with CNN in any capacity. Um, <laughs> Raja, who appears to have worked as a freelance contributor for CNN since 2013, tweeted the anti-Semitic remark at around 2.45 p.m. Sunday, deleting it around 3.15, according to the Washington Examiner. It's just the most recent in a series of anti-Semitic tweets Raja has made over the past years, Twitter users have discovered. 2014, while presumably watching the FIFA World Cup, Raja tweeted, the only reason I'm supporting Germany in the finals, Hitler was a German, and he did good with those Jews. <laughs> Mike, I know I shouldn't laugh, but it's... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's... That's pretty hardcore. I mean, it's you just don't hear people say stuff like this, really. Um, let's see here. Oh, and he's smoking a cigarette. Uh, uh, you know, all sexy like Hunter Biden. Look at that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, the world today needs a Hitler, he writes. The only reason I'm supporting Ger- Germany um, is because Hitler did good with those Jews. And he actually he actually wrote Hail Hitler in his post. Holy smokes raja has been working with cnn because these don't look like a joke right this doesn't look if this is a joke okay fine he legitimately likes hitler now again even though he's a hitler supporter and he, he he hates the jews and all that kind of stuff um i'm kind of a free speech absolutist i think he should be able to stay on twitter i think he should be able to post those things i'm sure i'm sure twitter's gonna ban him but let's have a look here um Gosh, Raj had been working with CNN in Islamabad, Pakistan since 2013, according to his LinkedIn profile. And most recent, his most recent byline on the news website appears to have been September 2020. He's been he's been working with them until just recently. He's also an executive producer at Pakistani ARY News. In 2016, he won the Agahi Award for Investigative Journalist of the Year, according to his Twitter account. Um, what was he investigating? How to exterminate the Jews? <laughs> Sorry, this is really not that funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Uh, the Agahi Awards were an annual series of awards for journalism in Pakistan. Many Twitter users have called for CNN to fire him and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey to ban him on the social media site after his latest tweet. Greg Price, social media associate for the Daily Caller, wrote, "This guy has 54 articles under his byline at CNN. They should probably fire whoever does their background checks." Well, that's that's the that's the issue. That's the issue, right? It's not really that CNN is associated with this guy, because is CNN trying to kill the Jews? No, I don't think so. Uh, Does CNN love Hitler? No, I I don't think that they do, okay? This was obviously a horrible mistake. (laughs) I think that's why I think it's so funny, is like an organization who would obviously find these things abhorrent has hired this guy, not knowing that he is uh, a virulent anti-Semite. I mean, the guy is... The guy, ugh, God, I mean, this is a PR nightmare. But the, okay, so here's the thing, right? And this is what, this is basically why I wanted to look into this story. Um, and we'll go back to the new, the new, the article in a moment. The left, CNN, all those organizations, all those leftist organizations, they're always accusing the right of being bigots, right? We're all, we're all a bunch of racists. Uh, we're all a bunch of anti Semites. We're all a bunch of, um islamophobes and all that kind of stuff um no uh, we're not we're not but we do look at the world rationally we do look at the world as it is okay we don't we don't sit here and pretend that black people don't commit crimes at higher rates than other groups we don't we don't uh close our eyes to the realities of the world we don't pretend that there isn't a problem in many muslim countries of executing gay people of anti-semitism of um what do they call it when uh Somebody's brought shame upon the family, and they and they murder the, the sister or something like that. Um, honor killings, right? Honor killings. Um, we don't pretend that there aren't uh, Islamic grooming gangs in the UK. We don't we don't close our eyes to these things. We recognize that these things are a problem, and we say, okay, how do we fix them? The left says, no, 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 no. The only problems in society are from white people. And everybody else that they're they're uh they're just a victim of that white supremacy, that that white evil. Uh they even blamed black people beating up uh Asians. That was a story I did recently on the show. Um black people beating up Asians, they blamed that on white supremacy. The convoluted logic that came up with that. I would have loved to see that person who, who thought of that try to explain their way... I mean, I I read the article. I read the article, so I knew exactly what their logic was. It was completely insane. I mean, it doesn't... It's so... It makes so little sense. But I would love to watch them try to explain it in person. Because I think that if you write something down... (laughs) You can kind of get away with, with doing it and not feeling too awkward. But if you have to explain it to somebody in person... And it's completely insane... I do think there's a little bit of shame and embarrassment that comes with that as, as there should be if you're saying that something completely mental. Um, but yeah, so, so the left is always criticizing the right for being bigots and all this kind of stuff. Um, but we're not like, I don't know any conservatives who are bigots. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I've never met a white supremacist in my life. I've I've never met these people that, that are so, so prolific in America, apparently. Um, I'm 41 now. Jeez. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so. But then they go ahead and they hire somebody who is, a, a, you know, a total anti-Semite, like writing things like "Hail Hitler. That's the kind of person you're hiring CNN and you're, you're calling us bigots. And see, this is the problem with the with the with the left. Um, they want to say, bring in all the immigrants, bring in all the immigrants, bring them all in here. And they also want to say, um, but homosexuals are the bestest of all the people, and you know, and trans are the bestest of all the people, and blacks are the bestest of all the people, and Jews are the bestest of all the people, and women are the bestest of all the people, and they they take whatever you know whatever ethnic minority group uh, is you know most expedient for them at that time, most advantageous for them at that moment. And they'll raise them up, and they'll say, these are the people that we like the best right now. Um, And a lot of times, that is Islamic immigrants, right? Muslim immigrants. And um, they don't realize, though, that sometimes immigrants do not share your leftist values, right? Uh, They they don't share anything close to American values. Uh, And that's the issue. And they don't recognize that. They don't even... It doesn't even occur to them that they should even look into that. They should even consider that because if you're of a darker skin tone, then you're good, then you're instantly better than everybody else. you're just you're an innocent victim and everything stems from white supremacy and you're just a victim of it uh, and then they get into trouble like this. So to me this is this is a, a hilarious irony. Um, let's go ahead and look at the rest of this story here. Um, they should probably fire whoever does their background checks well exactly. And Craig Stathern said he really likes Hitler. He's written for CNN since 2013. I guess CNN likes to employ Nazis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, who hires people who love Hitler? Nazis, right? I mean, they kept calling conservatives Nazis for the last four years. I think maybe it, uh, it's time we return the favor, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a user with the name Politibunny wrote, Homie's been cashing a CNN check for eight years. <laughs> I love that. Uh, let's see here. Well, we can just read some of these um, tweets here, but uh, Mike Brest, a breaking news reporter of the Washington Examiner, pointed out there are a lot of Hitler references on his timeline with screenshots of every time Raja used the word Hitler in one of his tweets, and uh, that Sherite, I don't know what that means, wrote that uh, FIFA World Cup tweet has been live for seven years and was only taken on Sunday. One Pakistani woman, Mira Malik, called Raja an embarrassment to Pakistan, and Shea Patrick Cormac wrote, uh, tweeted to CNN, Is this your guy? I wonder what he means by the world today needs a Hitler. <laughs> yeah, it's such a cryptic message. I, what could that possibly mean? Okay, yeah, Let's see here. Others pointed out that Hitler, whose Nazi party killed 6 million Jews in the Holocaust, was actually from Austria. That is true. That is actually true. Although he did rule over Germany. So whether or not he was from Austria, I think, is somewhat irrelevant. Um, we, we, we shouldn't demonize, by the way, all of Germany and all of Austria just because of Hitler. I've I always found that annoying that, like, you know, a few years, maybe something like, something like a 10-year period there in the 30s and 40s in in uh, Germany really destroyed the entire history of that country. Because what what is the history of Germany except for the Holocaust and World War II? Do you know? Because I don't think most Americans know the history of Germany at all except for those years, right? We hear about the history of France. We hear about the history of Britain. We hear the history of a lot of countries. We never really hear the history of Germany because of those those few years, and uh, the history of Germany is fascinating. I have since, in my adult life, done some research into Germany. One of the most fascinating countries on earth. Um, yeah, they invented the car. They developed the technology, or a German, a German developed the technology for flying. Uh, uh, you know, the the uh, Wright brothers created propelled flight, but the guy who basically developed the um, the the way wings work, right, to get lift, was a German guy. Forget his name. I always forget his name, but um, genius, genius. He he died testing his gliders, and he turned to his brother as he was dying, and he said, uh, "Sacrifices must be made." What a badass! Um, all right, well, I'm not going to get into it that much more. Uh, good job, CNN. Way to uh, way to hire people that share your values. Uh, and again, like I said, this is the problem with the left, is they they turn a blind eye to anything negative coming from anybody, any person of color, as they call them. And every white person is automatically evil. But here's the problem, CNN. Not all white people are evil. Not all conservatives are evil. Not all Republicans are evil. Uh, I don't consider myself evil. I don't think I've, I certainly haven't hailed Hitler any time recently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but your employees do that. Your employee, You hire people who post Hail Hitler messages on Twitter. So good job. Your policies facilitated that hiring. Uh, your desire to hire leftists or people that you think are leftists around the world has caused this problem. So maybe, maybe branch out a little bit. Maybe s- stop being so narrow-minded in your view of who's good and who's bad because... Truth is, you're wrong. All right, that's it for that story. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? Uh, and this is why I wanted to go from the first story to this story, because they are kind of related. Um, all right, this story is, Prince Harry says the First Amendment is bonkers. Oh, is it? Oh, is the First Amendment bonkers, Your Highness? Uh, let's see here, Harry. Harry. Prince Harry under fire for after calling First Amendment bonkers. Prince Harry's under fire after referring to the First Amendment of the Constitution as bonkers while discussing the media feeding frenzy after he and his wife Meghan Markle left the United Kingdom and moved into Tyler Perry's Beverly Hills mansion while they were settling in the United States. I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment as I sort sort of understand it, but it's bonkers, the Duke of Sussex said on an episode of Dak Shepherd and Monica Padman's armchair expert podcast. I don't want to start going down the first... So, I'm just going to play this audio for you because it's a lot long... You know, this is a very small bit of it. And I'll be honest, I don't really understand what he's trying to say. I don't understand what he's trying to say. And I think a lot of that comes from... Yeah, I'm not going to read what people are saying because I want you guys to come up with your own ideas about this. I would rather than than to read a bunch of other people. Um, I mean, Ted Cruz is usually spot on. Dan Crenshaw is usually spot on. I want you guys to listen to this and tell me what you think, because um, uh, it's really weird. I mean, what he's saying is some of the things he's saying kind of make sense, and and other things that he's saying don't make any sense. And I I just don't understand. I don't understand if I agree with him or if I disagree with him or exactly what he's trying to say, because... um, Well, we'll get into it, but he seems to, he throws in social media in there, right? He throws in social media, and he says, like, okay, so there is this commercial interest, you know, and he he somehow suggests that making money is corrupting the First Amendment, which I don't actually really agree with. I don't actually really agree with. I don't think that making money is, is in any way, um, in any way, uh, um, contaminating the First Amendment or distorting it in any way. I don't think Twitter or YouTube or Facebook censors people primarily because of commercial interests. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they do. But certainly not political speech. There's no there's no commercial value in saying that my channel is not allowed to distribute their videos, distribute the videos that I produce um broadly amongst the population i don't think there's anything that i say that is hurtful to anyone or harmful to anyone or is in any i mean you could say that anything's hurtful right i mean i could point to a girl and say uh you know i think shirts are hurtful and the fact that you're wearing a shirt hurts me and therefore from now on you need to when, when you approach me you need to not have the shirt on um i mean anybody can say anything's offensive to them right uh but it's whether or not we, we take that seriously or we prioritize the people who are, who are claiming to be victimized by stuff or if we prioritize people's right to speak and express themselves. And forever in this country, we've always prioritized people speaking and expressing themselves until social media, and now we have this problem. But I cannot tell exactly what Harry's saying here. So I've listened to the thing. We're going to listen to it again. We're going to listen to a kind of a longer version than you'll hear anywhere else. I'm going to play quite a bit of this, um, this podcast. Let's see if I can turn my headphones on here. All right, let's... Oh, no. My headphones just shut off. That's not good. All right, that's super annoying. It said I had, like, nine hours. I don't know why they, they just... These are insanely expensive, too. All right. Um, I guess I'll just put the audio... Here, yeah, that'll work. All right, let's let's go ahead and listen to this, guys. Oh, wrong one. There we go. That is
1: it. Well, first of all, the people that are taking photographs and making money off of your life and your.
2: Mm-hmm. are probably the same people that really enjoy your movies. Hopefully, <laughs> oh. yeah, exactly.
0: I'm a big,
2: big fan of Employee of the Month. By <laughs> way. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, but I guess my point is, the way that I look at it, especially now living here one hour outside LA, like, it's a feeding frenzy here. Yeah, right, We spent the first three and a half months living at Tyler Perry's house. Okay. Right. He let us stay. <laughs> and the, helicopter, the helicopters, the-, the drones, the paparazzi wow. cuts cutting the fence. Like it was madness. Yeah. And people out there, their response was, well, what do you expect if you live in L.A.? It's like, okay, well, first of all, we didn't mean to live in L.A. This right. is like a staging area before we try and find a yeah. house. Yeah, And secondly, how sad that if you live in L.A. and you are a well-known figure...
1: You should not that you just be just able to. just have accept, accept it. it. And yeah. this, and the first, you have to live indoors. You know, and the
2: first lot of security we had said, I said, well, where's the safest place? He said, inside. Ugh. And I said, sorry, so just because I'm a well-known person.
1: You can't go outside
2: anymore. You can't go outside anymore. That's what you
1: wanted, Harry. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> you wanted to not go outside. You've always but, wanted that.
2: But it's, but it's really, really sad. And of yes. course, their argument is from the paparazzi and everybody else is like, oh, if you're in the public space, then it's absolutely yeah. fine for us to do it. It's like, yes. so what is our human right?
0: Okay, I just want to interject here and say that um, I, I do have some sympathy for people who are sort of forced uh, by the paparazzi to be, you know, for their every move to be photographed and to be followed and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't like that. I think there should be some kind of um, conditions on that. I think that that, um, that sh- you know, you could make laws specifically about that. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but he's he's sitting here and complaining about the paparazzi thing. Uh first of all, he's dealt with the paparazzi thing his whole life, right? He comes from royalty uh in the UK. They are far more aggressive. The paparazzi is far more aggressive in the UK than they are here. Now, I do think they have some laws in the UK that stop the paparazzi from doing some things, but that's I think that happened after his, his mother was killed. Um you're trying to flee from paparazzi, right? Uh in France. Uh, I think that those laws were in- implemented then. Um, I haven't heard of anyone being killed fleeing from paparazzi here in the United States um, There now I've al- like I said I've always been a bit sympathetic of celebrities uh, who deal with paparazzi I've lived in LA for a long time I've heard a lot of different stories I've known people who've worked at TMZ and uh, the position of the people at t- TMZ is very cynical very cynical. And their position is, look, uh, these celebrities oftentimes will go to certain places that they know the paparazzi will be in order to get their photographs taken, right? So they'll dress up, they'll or you know, they'll look like whatever it is they want to look like. Either they'll dress down or they'll dress up or whatever. They're like, Oh yeah, look how cool I am. I don't even care. I don't even put my makeup on, whatever. Uh or they'll like dress totally up and they'll look awesome. And then they'll um do this thing where they'll go to the place they know paparazzi will be, and they'll walk in, and they'll sort of do this, um... (laughs) do this pose walk, you know? You know, as they walk in to this, like, uh, popular restaurant that celebrities are often often at. And here's the weird thing about that. I've actually seen this happen. (laughs) I've actually seen uh, celebrities coming down the street and... I, I, I don't think I've ever seen this of, like, a, a top-level celebrity. I've seen tons and tons. Of, I mean, I live in L.A. they there, are, like, cockroaches out here. They're everywhere. Um, like, lower-level celebrities, like celebrities on TV shows that aren't very popular, um, will go walking by uh, uh, paparazzi. And you'll just see them sort of, like, walking like normal, da 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 And they'll see the paparazzi. And they'll, they'll kind of do something where they'll either get on their phone or they'll get off their phone or they'll change what they're doing in some way, very obviously. And they'll change their posture and they'll put on this look, you know, like, okay, go ahead and take my picture. Uh, yeah, I'm a celebrity. I'm very cool. And then the, the picture will be taken, you know, and then, this, then they'll pass the paparazzi. The paparazzi will start taking pictures. And then they'll go back to whatever it is that they were doing, right? And they'll the slump over, whatever. I mean, the, the look totally changes as soon as they're past the property. It is bizarre. The first time I saw this happen, I was just thinking, like, what a prick. Because <laughs> it was a guy. It was a guy who did it. I just thought, what what an idiot. Like, you, you care that much? Man. But, I mean, that's kind of what L.A. is, right? It's all about, like, gosh. I mean, when I was doing the acting thing, you know, I was taking acting class and stuff. And it was weird. Like, there is this culture. There is this culture of actors and stuff, where it's like you have to brand yourself. You have to send your picture out. You have to send people gifts. You have to like, you have to like make everybody like you. And and uh, ah, guys, so pathetic. It's 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 really an unpleasant environment. I mean, it, just the the whole idea. Like, I, I would go to these classes where you would sit in a circle, and everybody would take turns telling everybody what their achievements were that day, that week, what their failure failures were that week. And, you know, explain to people what their plans were, what they expect to be doing. And you go around in a circle and you do that. And it was actually really helpful from a business perspective because actors aren't really business minded. They don't know how to do that kind of crap. So, um, it kind of held everybody accountable and sort of created a somewhat of a quasi competition with each other, but also like a support system because actors are very weak and pathetic. And, uh, And it did help people to be more successful. And I thought it was actually a very good idea. But just the fact that you have to sell yourself so, so um, strongly, uh, you know, a lot of actors are like into the hard sell. They're like, you know, I am, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm great. I got anytime some actors get a gig, like a small gig, they'll post it all over their social media. Like, uh, look, I've just got into this play, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. And They'll send these notifications out to casting directors, like, "Look, I'm I'm doing stuff." Uh oh God! It, it, every time I saw a post like that, I just cringe, you know. Um, and I think I I tried maybe to post something like that once, <laughs> and I felt just so stupid. I didn't. I was just like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that crap," you know. But uh, but you do kind of you are encouraged to do that kind of thing, and so it is a kind of lifestyle out here to get in front of the paparazzi. But I do think that there's a level where it changes, where it goes from, oh, the paparazzi are my friend and they're helping me to get more success uh, to, oh, yeah, well, the paparazzi are a flipping nightmare and I hate them and I don't want to be around them. Um, However, that said, if you don't want the paparazzi to shoot your photos, move to Maine, move to Montana. Uh, go live in Idaho. Why are you? Why are you? In, oh, I'm not in the middle of the frame. That's not good. Uh, why? Why did you move to Los Angeles, Harry? Why did you move to Los Angeles? There's, there's, I think probably literally two places in the world where there are a lot of paparazzi. One is London, and one is Los Angeles. That is it. There's not a, a crap ton of paparazzi anywhere else in the world. Nowhere else in the world where you where uh, will you find. The number of paparazzi, as you will, in London and Los Angeles. So you decided, oh, I hate paparazzi. I want to get away from these people. I know. I'll move to L.A. He's like, oh, no, no, no. This this wasn't something we planned. We we didn't mean to move move to L.A. We just wanted to live in uh, Tyler Perry's mansion. That's all. Look, I'm a pretty sympathetic guy. I want to be sympathetic to Harry because I do feel like he got a raw deal marrying Meghan Markle. And look, maybe he does very much love that girl. Um, I think that to some degree... <laughs> uh, my writer lives in Maine. She's like, no, don't tell them to move to Maine. <laughs> uh, the girl that collects the stories for my show, Ashley, Ashley, you'll see her on the on the chat. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he's pretending like he's pretending like oh, this was just a transitionary move. We didn't really want to live in L.A. You you literally could live anywhere you want in the world. The only reason you're saying this was just a staging area while we looked for a house. This is just a staging area. Okay, so you were gonna what move to Hawaii and you thought the staging area was gonna be Tyler Perry's mansion? Uh, no this this is not look. You clearly wanted want to live in L.A. or have something to do with L.A. You signed this massive contract with Netflix. You did this massive interview with Oprah. You're now on Dax Shepard's show, doing this podcast. If you want to avoid the paparazzi and you want to get out of the public limelight, go move to Oregon. Go become a a crab fisherman. Go, you know, go become a logger. You know, go, go, go get into the construction business, you know. At first, yeah, so certainly you'll get some people that want to do news stories on, you want to take a picture, but after a while, you're going to get boring. Why? Because your life isn't that interesting. You're just doing a regular job like a regular person, okay? Uh, maybe move to New York, become a news reporter. Do what I do, start a YouTube channel. You know, there's so many things you could do, man. There's no reason for you to move to Hollywood where there's tons of paparazzi and then act all surprised, like, I don't understand. I moved to Hollywood and all these paparazzi were around me. You are the prince of England. <laughs> I, I Stop pretending like you're a victim. You are not a victim. Stop pretending you're a victim. Nobody has sympathy for you. Nobody has sympathy for you. You were born with a silver spoon somewhere inserted into your body. You, you have nothing to, to complain about in your life. All right. Oh, I was trapped. I was trapped being so rich. You know, they have this, they used to have this concept, poor little rich girl, right? That's what you remind me of, Harry. Poor little rich girl. Fucking man up. Sorry for the language. Honestly, though, go chop some wood. And I mean, I know you were in the military. You know, I, I know you did some man manly things. Good God, you can't handle some paparazzi. Stop pretending that you're, you, know, you need to be so coddled. I, I really hate this sort of sense of entitlement, right? And this kind of goes into the... When I first heard this idea of him complaining about the First Amendment, I was just like, so what? Only, only certain people get to express themselves? The First Amendment is bonkers. Only certain people... Oh, oh! how dare those peasants speak? Ah, Unbelievable. Only I should be able to express my ideas. The peasants—they shouldn't be able to say anything. But again, I don't really understand. Uh, I don't really understand what he's saying here. So let's let's get into it. He's complaining about the paparazzi. So that's the first thing, um, and then he gets gets into uh, his criticism of the First Amendment. So I'm curious what this criticism is going to be. I have played it before. I didn't understand it. So let's see what you guys think about it. Okay.
2: As an individual and as a family, you're saying that if the moment we step foot out of our house, that it's open season and free game. Yeah. What, because of public interest? There's exactly. no public yeah. interest in you taking your kids for a walk down the beach. Right. Nothing.
1: Yes. And of there's course, it's not news.
2: No, it's not news. Yeah, yeah. This is my issue with it. It's like news should stay as news. What has happened in today's world is that news has been hijacked and used to commercially benefit a small group of people. So it's this sort of rabid feeding frenzy. And going back to the kid's point, it's absolutely true. Like, these kids don't get a choice. They don't get a say in it. Mm -mm. And if it becomes any worse, then what you're basically accepting is, okay, fine. So anyone with a talent. Yeah. Yeah. Let's
1: let's criminalize. Let's let's, punish everyone. Let's
2: punish people who've got a talent and have driven and have have literally (laughs) worked their asses off to get to a point where, yes, they're making money. And, yes, they're.
0: Lord. All right. So, yeah, I forgot to hit the mic thing again. Thank you, Ashley, for calling me. Uh, <laughs> see, I can't I can't have my mic on when the v- that's why I had these The flipping things died. So if I have my speaker on and the mic on, then you guys can hear from my speaker and you can hear from the audio from the desktop. So it's kind of annoying. So I have to turn that off. Anyway, what was I going to say? Um, I forgot. I forgot. Well, what was he saying? What was he saying? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now I've forgotten. Let's just listen to the rest of what he has to say here.
2: Their fans are contributing to that. Yeah, yeah. But they're bringing entertainment and value to society, whether it's through movies, whether it's through music, or whatever.
0: Okay, I remember what I was going to (laughs) say. Or what I was saying. Uh, A lot of people want to be famous. This guy's pretending that fame is a punishment for everyone. Fame is not a punishment for everyone. You never had to work for success in your life. You were rich. You were born very wealthy. Uh, you were born one of the richest people in the world. So for you, you're never going to appreciate fame in the way that uh, some you know poor person who needs attention, like Dak Shepard, actually. Dak Shepard, the guy that's interviewing him, he's a famous actor and you know comedy actor, or whatever. He's a pretty funny guy. He's he's a, a lot of people like him, uh, and. Uh, Is he the kind of person that needs attention? Is he the kind of person who craves fame? Um, You know, it's like I was saying, those guys who specifically go out to try to get photographed by the paparazzi. Um, A lot of people like it. A lot of people like being in the limelight, like, like the fame, you know, like the attention. And like I've said, I've met a lot of people in my, you know, in Hollywood who are washed-up actors, who are has-beens, who were once successful but are no longer successful. And the kind of people who need to be famous um, and who lose that fame eventually, they, they go crazy, right? They, like, lose their minds. They don't know how to not be famous because that was such a euphoric experience for them. Uh, so this idea that we're punishing people who are successful by... By, by their being famous, their their ability to be famous, uh, the whole mechanism of fame. You know, fame is a weird thing. I mean, it's a it's a whole machine where you you have all these different moving parts. And yeah, yeah. I mean, if you get famous enough, you are going to get paparazzi chasing you. you. It is going to be difficult for you to navigate in the world without being noticed by people and having to get pictures, selfies with them. It used to be signatures, right? People used to always want autographs, and everybody wants selfies. Um, but there is so much money and there's so much power and there is so much um, opportunity. You get so much access if you're famous. I mean, think about it like this. Um, during the Trump administration, would you have wanted to meet Donald Trump? I mean, hell, would you want to meet Donald Trump today? Uh, you probably can't. It's probably never going to happen. With For most people, it's never going to happen. Uh, but with Harry here, he he might want to go meet with uh, Barack Obama. He might have some ideas about the American policy right now that he wants to get uh, implemented. And uh, obviously, you wouldn't go to Biden for that. That would be silly. So who would you go to? Barack Obama. Sure, that makes sense. So what does Harry have to do to try to get an interview with Barack Obama? Now, for all of us, if we want to get some kind of legislation passed or we want to get something done, can we just go and meet with Trump? No, of course not but he can meet with Barack Obama any day he wants he just has to pick up the phone that's it pick up pick up the phone say barack I'm going to be in hawaii in a few days or dc or wherever barack is and he, he, he okay i'm going to meet up with you we're going to discuss this kind of stuff you know and no problem and, that, and he can make that meeting all right that's the kind of access that's the kind of power he has with his fame okay the The downside to that, the balance to that is there's some people that want to take your picture. Don't be such a pussy. Good God, grow a fucking pear. I mean, oh, oh, I I can't walk outside or somebody might take my picture. But anytime I want, I can make a phone call and talk to the leader of the free world. That's a pretty good trade-off, you ungrateful degenerate. I mean, (laughs) look, again... I have sympathy for this guy. I, I actually don't like paparazzi. I don't like the whole idea of paparazzi. Um, you know, like I said, I've known paparazzi and they're they're primarily a holes. Um <laughs> at least the ones that I've met. I mean, I'm sure there are good ones as well, but uh the ones I've met are not the nicest people. Um, yeah, I, I have a negative view of paparazzi as well. But uh this idea that, oh, we're punishing people who are successful because because they've been successful and and now they're going to be punished by paparazzi. There is so much benefit to being famous. So much benefit. Um, Like, I sometimes talk about that, right? I mean, I sometimes talk about that. I was very very poor before I started my YouTube channel. I was, like, barely functioning, you know, barely able to pay my rent. And then I got my YouTube channel, and now I make enough money. I can live fairly nicely. Uh, And the truth is, I am a couple of steps away from Trump. Like, I could potentially get a meeting with Trump. You know, I mean, I have never done that. I've never tried to do that. I don't know how easy that would be. Probably be somewhat difficult for me. I'm not, like, super famous or anything. But I could potentially do it, right? I could potentially get a meeting with Trump. I could potentially see myself talking with him at some point. And that's, like, a big deal, you know? You don't really think about that too much um, in in everyday life. But I sometimes do think about that kind of stuff, because I got my show and I produce uh, content and i am trying to shift the culture and you think you know one day you could find yourself in a position where you meet donald trump I and mean, that'd be quite cool right he was the president of the united states probably one of the best presidents we've ever had in, in ever ever and i could meet with that guy and i could talk to him and i could present ideas that i have to him and that could happen i mean how lucky am i you know and i and i'm just incredibly grateful to have that opportunity um not, not that i've done it not that i've actually had that specific opportunity but you know what i mean like I am in a place where I have a lot more access than ordinary people to a lot of things that other people would want access to, but they just don't have. And this guy, Harry, he's got access to just about everything he wants in the world. And he's complaining because people want to take his picture. I don't like paparazzi, but nobody cares, Harry. Nobody cares. Nobody has sympathy for you. All right, moving on. Yeah.
2: So, so if you if continue, continue to chase them and their, their kids, kids, you're probably, probably going to not just stop them from wanting to go to work. <laughs> you're certainly going to put their kids off ever wanting to. So it's oh, it kind oh, of oh, is oh, self-defeating. Oh, it's a weird one. So Strange.
1: having moved, it got better there?
2: Yeah, way better.
1: Oh, good, good. But
2: just, what, two days ago, Orlando Bloom sent me a message because he's down the road and we sort of keep in contact because of the paparazzi. Yeah, He sent me a photograph, which his security got, of this long-haired guy with a beanie on with his earpods in with his massive camera lying in the back of his 4x4 truck backed out windows a woman driving who she likes the sort of the peace sign when she's sitting there as a distraction
1: oh, and he's geez. laid down in
2: the back of this truck taking photographs of them out with their kid yeah, uh, and whoever else is in that area yeah. how is that normal how is well, that acceptable yeah 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 yeah. Well, when we
1: took this on, I didn't try for a second to say legally this shouldn't be allowed. Because I know our First Amendment is such that it is going to protect the press, as in some ways it should. It's the fourth estate. That wasn't my argument. My argument was, you know what else isn't illegal? Shitting on your dining room table. Mm-hmm. It's not illegal. You mm-hmm. could totally do it. You wouldn't do it because you're not a monster.
2: <laughs> so, is it legal to run into the cinema and shout fire?
1: Yes, that's true, but there's other reasons you wouldn't do something other than the law. You know what I'm saying? I would implore people to not evaluate, well, well, anything that's legal I should be doing, so shitting on my uh, kitchen table I should do, because there's no law against it. That's not how one's brain should work. right.
0: so the the, I should give you a little tiny bit of background here. So Dax Shepard and his wife uh, tried to petition newspapers around the country to stop um, letting paparazzi take pictures of of kids, of celebrities, celebrities, kids, which I think is actually a very valiant effort. I think that's a good thing to do. And he said, there's just a couple of, um, of, uh, publications that refuse, I think, um, TMZ. And he said like daily mail or something like that. Um, I, I, if I had a, if I had a publication, I probably wouldn't sign on to a, a, you know, an agreement to do that, but not because I would, uh, encourage my reporters to take photos of celebrities, kids. I, you know, if I had that kind of business, I would say probably tell my reporters not to do so. Um, I, I mean, maybe I would sign a pledge to do that sort of thing. I don't know. It doesn't really matter because you, you sign a pledge. What does that mean? That means that you, you know, are going to make best efforts, <laughs> right? And uh, a pledge is nothing. It's not legally binding. It doesn't mean anything. It's toothless, right? So I mean, a lot of these publications probably still will publish, uh, photos, you know, a lot of a lot of these publications probably would never have done that anyway. They're not in that business, right? The publications that are in that business, paparazzi photos and stuff like that, they want to let allow themselves to still be free to do it um, if they feel like there's a news story there. Um, and of course, there's no magazine that would not publish a photo of a celebrity's kid if there was, if it was a massive news story. Um, so this idea that they've got this, um, you know, I, I don't know if if a newspaper or a magazine want to avoid taking photos of celebrities kids i think that's good good i think that's fine i think that's great uh i i have never had a, really that inter- much of an interest in the whole paparazzi thing anyway i think that this obsession we have over celebrities is a little bit messed up but it's really the way life is right it's the way the world works and um If you find it that reprehensible, don't live in Los Angeles. I think he's in Malibu now, so he's a bit further away from the paparazzi, but they still know where you live, you know, uh, out there in Malibu. Um, It's just a little harder to get access because, you know, you have these gates like a mile away from the house. Uh, And so paparazzi can't, uh, it's hard for them to get to the areas where they need to be in order to take the photos. Um, But anyway, let's keep listening to this guy complain about his being rich.
2: Uh, it's, again, I don't want to start sort of going down the First Amendment route because that's a huge subject and one of which I don't understand because I've only been here for a short period of time. But you can find a loophole in anything, mm. and you can capitalize or exploit what's not said rather than uphold what is said. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure, We can sure. do that with anything yes, we want. Oh, yeah. And if there's a commercial incentive, yeah. then great. Or if there's an you know, ideology or you want to spread hate, laws were created to protect people.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? right yeah that's, that's how nice. i see it yeah well increasingly companies as well, well citizens united
2: yeah, but, but, but you know to put this one to bed for me you guys yeah. can talking about it but i believe we live in an age now where you've got certain elements of the media redefining to us what privacy means yeah well, there's a massive conflict of interest yeah and then you've got social media platforms trying to redefine what free speech means yeah
0: okay sorry, sorry for the echo there i messed that up um It's difficult. It's difficult to navigate all this, guys. Uh, Yeah, so that's the point that I was talking about. Like, he, he acknowledges that social media is trying to redefine what free speech means. So it's like, does he get that? Does he really understand what he's saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So it sounds to me like he could be savvy a little bit here and know what he's talking about. If he does, then I have some sympathy for him. And, you know, I might agree with a lot of what he's trying to say here. But what he's saying is so convoluted and difficult to follow. I mean, it seems to me like his entire position, his entire position on all of this stuff, it, it has exclusively to do with himself. Right? It has nothing to do with the broader population. It's like, it's like oh, golly, you know, I, I got my photo taken a few times. I didn't really like it. And so uh, what I need to do is I need to set up a whole, you know, I need to sit here on this podcast. I need to complain for all the other very, very wealthy, famous people like myself that we just, you know, we just have a terrible time because of paparazzi. And, and you know, something must be done. And, and our lives are just so terrible because we're billionaires. But, uh, you know, people want to take our pictures. and It's just awful. It's just awful. And it's like, look, guy, there's... So many people in this world with so much suffering, so so much bigger problems than what you're dealing with, that you just come across as an asshole. Like, you, you, I, I do understand that it's not an enjoyable thing to have paparazzi around all the time. You can't really function without being looked at and being watched. Uh, I, I get that. I don't like paparazzi. I actually agree with him to some degree. But just, you know, just... How entitled do you have to be? Like, not only am I rich, not only am I famous, not only do I have access to whomever I want, whenever I want. Basically, I could have anything I want at any moment, period. Not only do I have all of that, but also I don't want to pay any cost for it whatsoever. And any cost that I have to pay, I'm going to go on a celebrity podcast and complain about it. I mean, this is a perfect example. Who has access to... I don't know what this podcast is called, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. How many people have access to that show? How many people have access to that platform? Nope, only celebrities, right? Like only very few people have access to this show. If you are hugely successful, you can get on that show. Just by being on that show, you are exploiting your own privilege. You're exploiting your own wealth. I would say, you know, He has a very specific kind of privilege, which is the privilege of royalty, right? Which is something that's incredibly rare. But um, he's like, no, I don't want to pay any cost, any kind of inconvenience, any kind of... I suppose it's sort of the princess and the pea effect, right? Um, I think that's what it is. You know, a normal person who has to deal with, essentially, like, sleeping on a normal bed in a normal place, you know, who might occasionally have something, something... uncomfortable they have to deal with. Uh, they're probably not going to notice some small discomfort that they have to they have to experience. This guy experiences no discomfort his whole life. And so he's got this little mild irritation and he's like, "Oh god, this is ter- this is just the worst thing. We suffer. We're suffering." If you really don't want the attention, don't do interviews with Oprah, don't go on Dax Shepard's show, don't live in the LA area, don't sign agreements with Netflix. Don't don't do any of that stuff. Go live in Montana. All right, I won't say Maine cuz Ashley's going to get mad at me. <laughs> All right, let's I mean, I basically played for you the bit that was uh, the most important, which was him saying that, you know, he thinks that the the second amendment is I don't know what was what was the word exactly? I don't remember exactly. Let's play that again.
2: I don't want to start sort of going down the first memory because that's a huge subject and one of which I don't understand because I've only been here for a short period of time. But you can find a loophole in anything, mm-hmm. and you can capitalize or exploit what's not said rather than uphold what is said.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh sure, sure we sure. can do that with anything yes. we want. It's awesome. yes, 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 and if there's yeah. a
2: commercial incentive, yeah. then great. Or if there's a you know, ideology.
0: All right, now that's something else I don't really understand. He says you can find a loophole in anything. um, And so, again, that sort of indicates that he knows what he's talking about, right? Because, the, because the, we do have free speech. But then there's this loophole with social media, where social media can censor free speech. So we don't have free speech anymore in America. A loophole has been found, which we need to close. Loopholes on good laws are not good things. So I don't know if he's trying to suggest that a loophole needs to be found in free speech to protect him from paparazzi or what's going on. But he seems just so obsessed with this paparazzi thing. It's like there's such much bigger issues. Like you can basically say anything you want because you've got the woke ideology of the left. I can't say anything because I'm a conservative. It's ridiculous. I'm suffering far worse than he is. I can't distribute my ideas. I can't speak to a broad audience because YouTube doesn't like my ideas. He can speak to whomever he wants because he's got the ideology of the left and he's, you know, he's a royal all right, let's keep, keep playing this.
2: You're, you want to spread hate. Laws were created to protect people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's how I see it.
1: Yeah. Well, increasingly companies as well. well Citizens United. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but, 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 you know, to put this one to bed for me, you guys can yeah. carry talking about it, but I believe we live in an age now where you've got certain elements of the media redefining to us what privacy means. Yeah, like, There's a massive conflict of interest. Yeah, And then you've got social media platforms trying to redefine what free speech means. Yeah. Why? I wonder why you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, so this has been happening for 15 years now and we're living in this world where we've almost like, well, the laws have been completely flipped by the very people that need them flipped so that they can make more money and they can capitalize off our pain, grief, and this sort of general self-destructive mode that's happening at the moment. So... There's conflict of interest is like the major piece here. And yeah, yeah. You know, as you say, like, you want to share on the kitchen table, like, just <laughs> so, because there's not a law. Yeah, guys. Good, well, good for <laughs> you. <laughs> you're you're on, within guys, the bounds of the law. Congratulations. Exactly, like, powered yeah. back to the people. Yeah. Like, and you go to sleep at night and you're like, well, I didn't break the law. You feel good? But, Dad, it does come back to supply and demand. Yeah, right. Totally. If we collectively became better at not clicking on and not uh-huh. spreading or sharing the things that we know are putting other people through hell. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's no market for it.
1: I totally but the agree. The more
2: depressed and the harder life becomes, we end up surrendering to the information parallel with our own feelings. Yeah. That's the information that we end up sort of being drawn into.
1: Yeah. And the, and the last stop is the pound and the dollar. I mean, it's literally that simple, to mm-hmm. your point. If no one can profit on any of this stuff, it vanishes.
2: Okay. That was fun. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I got so much I want to say about the First Amendment. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't understand it, but it is
1: bonkers. It is bonkers. So, having been born in the Truman Show, I'm...
0: Right, so he says the First Amendment is bonkers, and that's what everybody's getting uh, annoyed about. And, again, it seems like something that's exclusively about him and the paparazzi, and that's it. And he's trying to say, he throws in this line here, power power needs to go back to the people. I, I mean, I agree with that in terms of free speech. I agree with that in terms of free speech. But that's what free speech allows. It allows the people to be empowered by being able to speak freely, right? So this idea that the First Amendment is bonkers, um, you got it twisted there, buddy. What, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Uh, you're saying that somehow we have all these capitalist um, uh, incentives which somehow encourage people to say things that are, or do things that are bad or something, or like it somehow distorts the First Amendment in some way. Um, I I don't understand that. I don't understand where he's coming from there. Uh, This sounds like some kind of like socialist screed that that I'm not following, right? I don't know where, I don't know where he's coming from, I don't know what he's trying to say. He was he was not clear at all with what he was saying. Now maybe you guys can tell me in the comments what you think he was trying to say. Maybe you can clear it up for me. But I don't understand it. It he says he says that people are incentivized by money. Okay, but that's always been true. Um, and therefore, free speech is distorted. I mean, certainly you you had something called the yellow press back in the day, where you know newspapers would write sensationalized stories to get people's attention. And certainly um, money has to some degree influenced the amount of reporting that's gone on about Trump, right, during the Trump administration. I mean, it was just Trump, 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 Trump. Trump. I found this um, video the other day that I had saved. Um, It was Ted Koppel, and he was saying that he said he... um, his, his guess was that as soon as Trump was out of office, uh, CNN ratings would plummet. And it's actually quite funny. He's doing an interview with, um, uh, who's that fat turd on CNN? Um, Brian Stelter. He's doing this thing with, it's like a roundtable with Brian Stelter. And uh, as he says this, Brian Stelter's like, no, no, that's not, that's not true. That's not true. And, and Ted Koppel's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> And look what's happened. Look what's happened. The man is a prophet, right? He's he can see the future. Uh, prophet? That's not right. What is he? He's a anyway, whatever. Soothsayer. He he can he can he can he can tell the future. Hey, buddy. Uh But it, I mean, I guess it would. It's pretty easy to read those tea leaves, right? Everybody kind of knew that the only reason CNN was still staying afloat is because they were obsessed with Trump, and everybody wanted to hear everything about Trump. All day long. I mean, CNN essentially became a tabloid rag during Trump's time in office. It was, "What's Trump doing? What's Trump doing? What what dirt can we make up on Trump? What sensational story can we talk about Trump?" Um. So yeah, in a way that it did distort the news in that way. We shouldn't have had that coverage. But I'll tell you what. It's it's not all driven purely by capitalism. It's not purely driven by money. And we know this because a, a paper that a paper, a, a news media source of any kind, TV show, paper, whatever, that would express the truth, the truth would actually do better than CNN. And how do we know that? Because there are certain publications that indeed do better than CNN and do express the truth a lot of the time. And I know a lot of us don't like Fox because of the election. A lot of us don't like Fox because of stuff that's happened more recently. Um, but Fox was a hell of a lot more honest than CNN. A lot of the stuff that was reported on Fox was accurate, especially on, uh, you know, like uh, shows like Tucker Carlson. Um, and you know, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the reports on on Fox were accurate. Where you know, on CNN it was all sensationalized leftist bs they were they were you know it was agenda driven uh and you you also see this on npr you also see you know and npr doesn't even have any any income right they're they're all like um, paid for by donations and crap like that you know they're funded by the the government to some small degree they they, they have no they they don't rely on on uh, on on commercial Money on money. It's not a commercial business, right? Uh, and yet they lie a lot on their show, too. You know, they, they post a lot of crap that's wrong as well on on, on NPR, on that, whatever you're going to call it, radio network. And PBS, same thing. They, they, they've, they you know, a lo- all these places reported that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda. They all reported that. They all reported that. That was all a lie. They all reported about Russian collusion. That was a lie. They all reported about Ukraine and, and Trump's phone call being some kind of quid pro quo. Um, all a lie. They were, These were all lies, right? All blue and on conspiracy theories, as I like to call them. And they reported on all these. And Fox didn't, right? Fox fought back on all this and, and pushed back on it. And so, as much as you may not like Fox, they're at least a hell of a lot more honest than these other, uh, uh, networks. Um, but who, which of these networks made the most money? Fox, by about a billion. Okay, Fox made more money than all of the other news networks. Um, I think combined, <laughs> and uh, and it's like, well, they were telling the truth. They were telling the truth, or at least, you know, most of the time. So, you, you know, it is. It isn't really about the money. It isn't necessarily about the money. It is a little bit. You know, they are. They're trying to follow the money and and do what their their uh, viewers are going to like, or they think they're going to like. But they could. They could actually try to report the news honestly, and I think that. You know, I think an honest news network, if CNN or MSNBC decided to be honest and decided to put on a bunch of conservatives, I think they would actually take a massive share of the market. I think that if you had a balanced news network um, that tried to bring on people that explained things um, from the conservative perspective and brought in people that said things from, you know, presented the leftist perspective, that would be an incredibly successful network. Um, I think Fox to some degree has been trying to do that or has tried to do that for a few years, but the problem with that is that it's very hard to get leftists to come on to a conservative network now, and it's almost impossible to get a conservative onto a leftist network now. They don't, they don't allow that to happen. Um, yeah, so, so Prince Harry's comment that, uh, the First Amendment is bonkers, um, I, th- I mean, I think he's an idiot. I, th- I think that's all there is to it. I don't think you could possibly believe that thinking the First Amendment is bonkers any way, any, in any way reconciles with the idea that we want to give the power back to the people. No, no, no. If you want to give the power back to the people, you reinforce the First Amendment, right? You, you regulate these uh, social media companies so that they cannot censor political speech. That's it. Um, But all he seems to care about is his own personal struggle with the paparazzi. That's his whole thing, right? He's got this one personal thing. And granted, you know, his mother died because the paparazzi was chasing her. So I do understand. You know, I have some sympathy for that. Uh, But nevertheless... Do not preach at people from your ivory tower. You have no idea what average people go through. You have no idea the struggles of regular folks. I mean, I'm just trying to uh, uh, be given permission by the social media gods to speak. And you're sitting here saying, oh, but I have to endure the paparazzi. And look, maybe I'm reading this all wrong. Maybe I'm reading this all wrong. Maybe he's a great guy and he just expressed himself so unclearly that I don't understand him. But that's my take. That's how I perceive it. I think to say that first the first amendment is bonkers is just idiotic. That's what I think. All right, that's it for this story. <laughs> um all right, let's move on to the next one, shall we? We're getting we're getting close here, guys. Um Joe Rogan fears giving into le- uh, woke left, the woke left, sorry. I'll read that again. Joe Rogan fears giving in to the woke left will result in straight white men losing their right to speak. Too late, Joe Rogan. Too late. <laughs> uh, it will result in? What the hell are you talking about, Joe? It's done. It's done. It has resulted in. We no longer have the right to speak. Are you kidding me? I've been talking about this the whole show. Uh, I'm censored. You saw my numbers. Well, maybe you didn't, uh, but I basically get over 90% subscribed views on all of my videos now because YouTube refuses to distribute my videos to anyone who is not subscribed to my channel. This insanely restricts the amount of views that I get every day. On my videos, I get anywhere from twenty thousand to forty thousand views on each of my videos. Sometimes it goes above that, but but for the most part, that's about right. And I used to get like if I use if I got sixty thousand, that used to be like a bad video for me. That used to be the very lowest end. That was that was an embarrassing video. If I got if I got under sixty thousand, I'd be embarrassed. Um, 200,000, that was okay. Uh, anything over two hundred thousand was a, a a decent video. That was a good video, right? And then the really good videos were like five hundred um, thousand. Those are kind of rare. That I would get a video that successful, um, because I'm pretty niche, and I do think that to some degree I have been I have been censored to some degree. I think by YouTube the entire time I've had my channel. I think as soon as I did my Gillette video, from that point on, YouTube knew who I was, and I was being censored to some degree. Um, but now it's ridiculous. Now they have really put the boot on my neck and Joe Rogan sitting here saying straight white men will lose their right to speak. We've lost it, Joe. You're, you're lucky, right? You're, you're in this arena where you're so successful that you're an exception to the rule. When you say straight men are going to lose their right to speak, you're, you're just talking about yourself. The rest of us have lost our right to speak, man. You, you should already be fighting for us because you're one of the few white straight white men who actually has a voice now. The rest of us, we don't have a voice. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir every every day. And I love my fans. But gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if I could actually speak to people who maybe haven't heard me before, who maybe have different ideas than I have, who will fight back a little bit, who will have to struggle, who, will, who have to feel the frustration of cognitive dissonance because they've heard something that makes total sense but doesn't conform to their delusional vision of what the world is, and they actually have to make them think, and they, they start to change their worldview. Wouldn't that be incredible? But I can't do that. You can do it, Joe, but I'm not allowed to, because I'm not successful enough. I'm just a straight white man who is subject to the authority of YouTube. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> Podcast host Joe Rogan said that straight white men will soon lose their right to speak, speak at all if they bow to progressives. Uh, What are the details? During a recent discussion with comedian Joe List, Rogan said that cancel culture is too rampant to uh, to enter any sort of edgy territory when it comes to comedy. You can never be woke enough, Rogan said. That's the problem. It keeps going further and further down the line. If you get to the point where you agree to all the demands, it will eventually get to a point where straight white men are not allowed to talk. Yeah, we're there. We're way past that, pal. Have you noticed that there's like no... Comedy coming out anymore? There's like no comedy coming out at all. It's I, I never see any new comedian, new new comedy stuff, and m- much much of that may have to do with um COVID. Like comedy clubs have been shut down and all this kind of stuff. But um, I'm not seeing any new comedy coming out. Like I I, I think I mentioned on the show before. I watched this show called Silicon Valley, which is an old show that used to be on uh, HBO, and there are so many bits in that show that are that you, like, I'm not sure, I, I, I just don't know how people would respond to it if that show came out today. And that was only a few years ago that that show was on. But, like, there was a whole bit where, um, you know, one of the guys on the show is a Muslim Pakistani immigrant. And, you know, his, his friend or frenemy, I don't know, the guy that he works with, is white. And uh, another guy comes into the room and he says, "Oh, we've been contacted by immigration. They say that we've hired an illegal immigrant." And this Pakistani guy starts going nuts because he's like, "What are you talking about? I, I, I did all the, you know, I went through the whole process. It took me years." He's like, "What, what the hell are you talking about? I have my immigrant, immig- you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a citizen. I have my citizenship. I'm done. You know, I'm done. I'm a legal immigrant. I'm legal." And he's like, uh, it says that our illegal immigrant is from Canada, and they both they all look over to the white guy, uh, and the white guy's like, "Oh yeah, crap." <laughs> so he just came over from Canada, and he never actually got a citizenship. So then, so then th- throughout the whole show, um, he keeps getting ridiculed by Dinesh, who's the Pakistani Muslim. For being a disgusting immigrant, a disgusting illegal immigrant, right? <laughs> the whole show, just like, oh, you illegal immigrants make me sick. <laughs> and this is Muslim Pakistani guy, so it's funny, right? Because it, 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 um, it subverts our expectations in an in a very good way, right? It's it's very funny, it's very smart, uh, it's just a genius show, right? And that's a pretty tame, tame thing on the show, but it's it's this kind of stuff like that. That I feel like leftists would like lose their minds about today. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of sexual jokes, which I don't think they would care about, but there, the, But there's a lot of jokes about race or about you know, just all kinds of different crazy stuff. They have one episode that's pretty brilliant, where um, they're working with a company. They're working with a, a bunch of different companies, and one of the companies turns out the owner of the company is a Christian. And, uh, so everyone else, all of the other companies are like, you know, want them, want, uh, Pied Piper is the main company in the show. Want the Pied Piper guys to, to get rid of this other company because it's, it's run by a Christian because in San Francisco, in Silicon Valley, right? Where the show takes place, being a Christian is essentially the worst thing that you could possibly be. Like, you know, everybody's just like, oh, they're, they're pure evil. They're horrible. You know, Christians are the worst. So, you know, you one of the guys on the show is a Satanist. That's perfectly fine. You know, there's all this kind of like weird stuff on the show. It's all fine. You can be whatever you want. But a Christian, ooh, no, 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 no. That's bad for business. <laughs> and it's a whole big thing on the show. It's really, really funny. It's a genius show. And, uh, yeah, I just don't know how easy it would be to make that kind of show today, even though they were really smart about their jokes and, and you know, their observations of life were, were spot on. Yeah, I just don't see that much comedy anymore. I don't see anything coming out. And I think a lot of comedians are afraid uh, to come out and say anything at all. Like, even develop new material. you got to develop new material that is, that is like, super tame because otherwise the left is just going to, um, you know, just going to try to cancel you. Well, let's... And actually, this is something that was said the other day by somebody. Who, who said this? They said, oh, it was... Uh, it was Donald Glover, right, the uh, the guy from Community, black guy from Community, who who also was a musician, Childish Gambino, and his uh, his position was that cancel culture is actually making TV boring. Um, I think it's doing the same thing for comedy. and And his position was that see, because I've always thought that people in Hollywood were all so woke they wanted to they wanted to put in woke ideology and everything, but his position was that actually. A lot of people maybe want to put in edgy stuff, but they're too scared to because they think they're going to get canceled. And I think he's right. I don't know what the ratio is. I would say there's probably, it maybe it's something like 50-50, but there's a lot of people in Hollywood that, that want to p- progress this woke ideology BS. And then there's a lot of people in Hollywood that I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you're being so quiet, Aston. It's very nice of you. Um, there's a lot of people in Hollywood that probably do want to put up edgy stuff, but they can't because they feel like they're going to get canceled. They're going to get uh, attacked in some way. Um, So Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, very smart, right on. And I think it's also true of of comedy. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Stay stay off camera. You're too distracting. All right, well, let's uh, finish this off. The popular podcaster added that suppression of free thought and expression will become so ingrained in the American psyche that it will be second nature to do as they are told rather than to question or to speak against the new norm. They'll say, it's your privilege to express yourself when other people of color have been silenced throughout history, Rogan reasoned. Well, they they won't say that. They are saying that. <laughs> You're not allowed to go outside because so many people were in prison for so many years. I mean, I'm not joking. Uh, the, the Joe Rogan Experience host added, it really will get there. It's that crazy. Rogan also pointed out that far too many people are taking advantage of the weirdness in popular culture. I have no idea who this guy is. Earlier this month, Rogan spoke to comedian Dave Chappelle for more than three hours on the topic of woke culture. During the interview, the two discussed anger provoked by Elon Musk's recent hosting gig on Saturday Night Live. Of Musk's appearance, Chappelle said, I'm torn because I like a warrior for a good cause, but I'm really into tactics. You're not going to nag people into behaving in a certain way. I mean, if you continue with this tone, even if you're right you'll be very hard to hear. Chappelle added that the people were likely upset over Musk's appearance more because he's one of the world's richest men or because he had the audacity to analyze the COVID-19 pandemic from a factual, not emotional perspective. I think a lot of people are complaining that he's going to be on Saturday Night Live. Well, no, he's wrong. He's wrong. The reason that they don't like Elon Musk is because Elon Musk is not woke. Um, he, He definitely has some leftist tendencies. He's more of a libertarian than anything else, but he's also not... Like a totally woke leftist and, and the left can't handle that. You know, they think anybody who's not a totally woke leftist, well, they must be a, a white supremacist, right? They must be a fascist. They must be alt right. Whatever happened to alt right? Wasn't that like a popular thing a while back? <laughs> Why did they do away with alt right? That was a lot of fun. Come on, guys. Why don't you call us alt right anymore? Aston, Aston, Aston. Come on. I know you want attention. See, this guy wants to be famous. Oh and it's ruining my show all right you're going down. okay there you go. Yeah. okay anyway well that's it for that i I think that these people are way behind the ball if you're famous enough you know it it's it's gonna take a, a little bit longer for you to get canceled than everybody else but trust me they've already set it up so that it's impossible for straight white men to have a to have a voice. The only straight white men who have a voice are already hugely successful, hugely famous. They're, they're trying to replace all the white men in the world, uh, you know, who are in positions of power, who have any kind of megaphone with women of color, gays, lesbians, whatever. Any, anybody who is not a straight white man because that's... And I think I've told you guys before, I have a friend who's a director and he ended up having to move to Europe to direct films because he was he was a successful director. He produced a really a pretty successful film uh, that that played on Netflix that a lot of people saw. Um, it did very well, and it was with two very big stars, very big stars. Um, I don't want to out him, so I don't want to say what this film was. But after he produced this film, and it was you know it was a you no know, big deal, uh, he waited for months to get a new script and know, to, to work on another project with other big stars, you know, and to be, to be packaged. So, like, so how, how Hollywood works is you get a script that you like and you try to get actors interested and you try to get a director interested. If you get a great, a big actor and a big director and, uh, or a good director anyway, and you have a great script, that's what they call a package, right? And then you sell that to investors and you try to get a distribution deal and then you make the film. And uh, so this guy wanted to be part of packages, right getting getting packaged into producing films and uh, you know, set up on good projects. You know he'd made one really good one. He'd made a bunch of great films, but the, you know he'd made one really pretty big Hollywood film. and uh, he's a burgeoning director, and he wasn't getting any scripts. So he asked his manager. he's like, "What's going on?" And, and his manager said, "Well, I can't get you any scripts because you're a straight white male, and they're not doing that anymore in Hollywood. He basically said to him, you will never get any more jobs unless you come out as some kind of, you know, sexual anomaly, right? Some kind of like, if you ca- if you can come out as gender non-binary, or if you can come out as, you know, pansexual or something like that, anything, then we can get you more work. Um, but otherwise, otherwise, you won't get any scripts. And so this guy was like, "Well, I'm not doing that." So he. He figured out that he could move to Europe and he could get some directing jobs there, and so that's what he did. That's what he had to do. He had to leave the country to get work because nobody would hire him in Hollywood because he was a straight white male. So they're not just silencing straight white men, uh, you know, potentially. They're doing it. It's happened. It's been happening for years now. You just didn't notice because you're too famous. Uh, It's another instance of a a Harry, uh, Prince Harry's deal... Or he's, uh, he's too up in his ivory tower. He doesn't know what, what real people are going through. But anyway, all right. Um, that's it for the Joe Rogan story. Now for the last story of the day. Uh, let's see here. Last story of the day. Biden plans expansion of Fed's army of snitches in dollars for collars program. Now, I did read this article already uh, in preparation for the show, and I didn't really understand it. So let's, let's read this again together. Let's see if I can figure out what the heck they're talking about here. Um, Biden plans expansion of Fed army of snitches in dollars for collars program. The administration plans on expanding its already massive surveillance apparatus. The Biden administration soon may recruit an army of private snoops to conduct surveillance that would be illegal if done by federal agents. As part of its war on extremism, the Department of Homeland Security may exploit a legal workaround, a loophole, you might call it, to spy on potentially uh, and potentially entrap Americans who are perpetuating the narratives of concern. I mean, that's got to be me, right? CNN reported last week But federal informant programs routinely degenerate into dollars for collar schemes that reward scoundrels for fabricating crimes that destroy the lives of innocent Americans. The DHS plan would allow the department to circumvent limits on surveillance of private citizens and groups. Federal agencies are prohibited from targeting individuals solely for First Amendment uh, protected speech and uh, activities, but federal hirelings would be under no such constraint. Private informants could create false identities, and would be problematic if done by federal agents. So, the federal government can't uh, send anyone to spy on you who's employed by them directly. But if you are contracted out, then apparently and you're a private person. Then apparently you can spy on um, you can spy on people. This this seems like a loophole that needs to be closed. This is not appropriate. DHS would be ramping up... I mean, this is essentially circumventing the, the the First Amendment. This is circumventing the First Amendment. This needs to be fixed. This is totally inappropriate. This is like what they do in China. This is what they do in China, ladies and gentlemen. We are becoming a communist state, apparently. DHS will be ramping up a war against an enemy which the feds have never clearly uh, or competently... Defined, according to a March report by Biden's Office of the Director of National Intelligence, domestic violence extremists include individuals who take covert steps to violently resist or facilitate the overthrow of the U.S. government in support of the, their belief that the U.S. government is purposely exceeding their its constitutional authority. But here's the thing. They've been targeting recently, they've been targeting people who haven't been plotting to overthrow the federal government, but they have been calling them Terrorists, domestic terrorists and violent extremists. Right? They've said that, that um, white supremacists are the greatest domestic terrorist threat that the nation has. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That is an absolute lie. It's absolute garbage. Um, but that's what they keep saying. Uh, let's see here. Perhaps like setting up a private information scheme to evade constitutional restrictions on warrantless surveillance... One DHS official bewailed to CNN. Domestic... Let's see here. DHS officials have... This is this a pull quote, or is this... Do I have to read this? Domestic violent extremists are really adaptive and innovative. We see them not only moving to encrypted platforms, but obviously couching their language so they don't trigger any kind of red flag on platforms. Yeah, like the way that I talk about the the uh, the epic of Tirth so that I don't get deplatformed for talking about election fraud. Yeah, I do that because I believe in what I'm saying, but I'm not allowed to say it. That's not because I'm an extremist. That's not because I'm some kind of a domestic terrorist. That's because social media is crazy and tries to censor normal ideas. DHS officials have apparently decided that certain groups of people are guilty regardless of what they say, couching their language. The targets are likely to be simply people with bad attitudes toward Washington. That will include gun owners who distrust politicians who vow to seize guns. Read more. Okay, so apparently this is from Zero Hedge originally. And then this goes on forever. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this seems incredibly dangerous. This does not seem like something that we can... uh, that is acceptable. I don't know how we can figure this out, because, look, guys, there's not really much we can do at at the moment. I mean, we are essentially stuck with this biden administration and i'm trying to figure out who's controlling the biden administration because there are there are a few major players that are emerging here that have been named so i'm going to do a video on this soon i think i'm, I'm going to probably research it throughout the rest of the night tonight but uh yeah I've, I've been sort of trying to set up a map and i've been putting the players in as i find them um and yeah, I'm tr- trying to figure out who's controlling Biden at the moment, but it's not good. It's not looking good. There's a lot of dangerous people controlling Biden, and we're now in a situation where the left simply wants to be authoritarian now. And a lot of the stories today were about free speech. It's kind of weird how these stories kind of all end up being kind of similar on on any given day. Uh, they all kind of relate to each other. But um, anyway, we need free speech, and... I don't care how ugly the speech is. I don't care how ugly your ideas are. You need to be able to express them because uh, the truth is, none of us know everything. You know, we don't know everything, and so we need as many perspectives as we can to get the best sense of what reality is. And and a lot of times, you know, I think that uh, I think that conservatives tend to have a good you know a good hold on reality. We got our feet on the ground, right? Democrats don't. They, they build an entire political philosophy on misapprehensions of reality. And I, I always use this as an example, but it's a perfect example. You know, they just did a study, and 44% of Democrats said that they believe that over 1,000 unarmed black men are killed every year by police. Well, that's ridiculous. In 2019, according to the FBI... The number was nine. The number was nine. USA Today did some kind of a study, and they found that the number was 25. Okay, so maybe it's not nine. Maybe it's 25. That's still not over a 1,000. I mean, that's a total misperception of reality, right? And the number of white men that are killed is far more. It's far more. And yet the, the number of encounters between police and black people and police and white people is about the same. Uh, black men and white men, it's about equal, right? They commit an equal amount of crime, despite the fact that black men only make up 6% of the population. Um, they still commit about the same amount of crime as white men. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous just how much crime comes out of the black community. Uh, and so you're going to have a lot of encounters with the police. And yet, you still have more white men being killed. And so you have this total misapprehension of reality. And then you have things like the George Floyd protest. You have this idea that, oh... Cops have to go through race training so they become less racist, and we need to defund the police because police officers are all racist, and, like, racist, 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 the whole country's racist, systemically racist, the judicial system is racist, it's all based on, you know, catching slaves and putting them back into slave labor. Well, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. There's all these misapprehensions of reality, and leftists believe this, and they create policy based on it. it's ridiculous. Um but I think that that's why we need conversations, right? We need conversations that maybe make us feel uncomfortable, that maybe we don't like, so that we can perceive reality as it is, as opposed to, uh, you know, this fake reality that leftists live in. Uh, all right, I'm done being irritated. Back to my happy self. <laughs> I was very excited to do the show today, and I'm still very happy, despite the fact there's so many irritating things people are saying and and that are being pushed forward. I do not like this civilian surveillance program, that, that uh, the Biden administration is pushing here. That's very scary to me. Um, all right. Well, we'll dig into that as this story uh, progresses. I do want to keep an eye on that because that's terrifying. And I will try to get to you guys my thoughts on who is pulling the strings uh, of the Biden administration. All right. With that said, uh, we are the least professional show on YouTube. I'm toxic. My wife is masculine. And together, we are toxic masculinity. Um, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I forgot that I have to read your questions and comments. Not have to, get to, because I love you guys, and I love what you guys have to say. All right. So there are, there's one super chat, it looks like, or $2.50, but I can't find it. Yeah, my, I can't scroll up that far, guys. So whoever wrote that, I'm sorry, but I can't read that. But I will go up slowly, and I'll read some of these comments. Um, John Bajak says, oh, oh. Is it Porge Poros? It is not Porge Poros. There's a new guy, and he's from, he's from, where is he from? He's from Switzerland, which I have a good friend from Switzerland, so that's quite sad. Um, let me see here. Let me see here, ladies and gentlemen. What is his name? I'll find it one moment, I think. What's the date today? It's the 17th. Okay. There we go. I've got it. I've got it. All right, so his name is... Ooh, there we go. There we go. I don't know why this is taking so long. Sorry. All right, give me... Okay, his name is Hans-Jorg Weiss. Hans-Jorg Weiss. W-Y-S-S, which in German is, for some reason, a V. I don't know why it's switched in English. Strange. Strange. Hans-Jörg Weiss, sometimes referred to as the new Porge Poros. Um, Yeah, so there's this rich guy behind uh, a lot of what's going on. HR1 was heavily funded by this guy. Um, Now, is Porge Poros trying to pull strings behind the scenes? I think so, yeah. I mean, he's definitely on my board, on my map. But this new guy, Hans-Jörg Weiss, he seems like the new... Porge poros and we, we definitely have to look out for this guy um, <laughs> Frank James writes Chris has a wall of photos with strings running back and forth like a web maybe uh, let's see here Frank James writes this is snitches. This snitches thing is exactly what the Nazis did and what the Soviets did yes and it's what the Chinese are currently doing they have a they have a whole like a social social uh, rating score, and uh, you, you know they 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 the Chinese hire people specifically to spy on citizens, and you know give them a plus or minus. You know if you if you come home drunk you get a minus, but if you help that guy in, you get a plus. Uh, Mark in Alberta writes: uh, Talks My masculinity is a future SNL guest host if he goes woke." Ooh, that's a good point. Maybe I'll do that. Um, you know guys, I love Biden. I love Biden. And I like communism. Communism is good too. And uh I don't understand why white men get to speak. I don't understand that. And, and you know what? I'm I'm down with YouTube. Do you know how much money I could make? I mean, I would be <laughs> life would be so easy if I went woke. My god, I'd get everybody on my side. I've thought about doing that as a joke, like like doing a new channel being like, "All right, everybody. I used to be a conservative, but this is why I I've become a leftist because Oh my gosh! It's just so—it's just so evil. The conservatives are just so evil, and I've just figured out they're all actually secretly racist, and everything about them is just terrible. And uh, oh my god, they want to destroy the environment, and they're just so evil and bad. <laughs> I, I thought about doing that before—not—not not seriously, but uh, God, yeah. I mean, life would be so much easier if I was uh, a leftist, uh, Luke. Mahalik writes, uh, when I search for this channel, I have to say Toxic Masculinity with Mr. Reagan. If I type just half of that, I get different channels and voice search uh, goes wrong too. Um, And then he also wrote, so Frank, I'd say it's called Toxic Masculinity with Mr. Reagan. Yeah, I should probably change that and make it Toxic Masculinity with Mr. Reagan. Uh, Frank James, Toxic Masculinity, I I told you Mark and Alberta would be back. You said uh, words my Christian self can't say, but I took. I uh, but I told you he'd be back. Yeah, I like I like all, all you guys. You guys are great people, great people. Let's see here. Uh, Frank James writes, it's very cool to see you being chill with the Democrat and not throwing him across the room like usual. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> talking about my cat. My cat is not a Democrat. He's a Republican. Uh, although he does like Valeria a lot more than me for some reason. Uh, Ezine Anderson writes, Toxic Massalinity, was was he saying that the First Amendment is bonkers, or was he referring to his situation with the paparazzi as bonkers? It appears to be the latter. Um, It sounded to me like he said the First Amendment, because he specifically says, I've got a lot to say about the First Amendment, but I won't, you know, but I'm not going to go into it. But he said the First Amendment is bonkers. I mean, that's what he said. Look, if you you want to make some kind of paparazzi law specifically, I I actually have no problem with that. I don't think being a paparazzi um, and harassing people is necessarily a good thing. Um, You know, I think that it's possible that uh, celebrities could take out restraining orders on certain um, companies. Uh, But the problem with that, like, you know, like, you could take a restraining order on TMZ or something like that. Maybe that could be possible. The problem with that kind of thing is that, like, Like I said, you have a lot of these celebrities who like getting their picture taken, right? So let's say I don't like TMZ, but I want to go to a restaurant where I know paparazzi are going to be. Does TMZ then have to leave the restaurant? Like they they have to leave that front door where they normally take photos? Or do they get to stay there because I chose to walk over to where I knew TMZ was going to be? Like, I don't know. it It just opens a whole can of worms. Like at the end of the day, if you don't want paparazzi, don't live in Los Angeles, if you're super famous, you can literally live anywhere in the world. You've got tons of money. There's no reason for you to live here. Um, yeah, it's it's pointless. Let's see here. Trisha's health healthy appetite. Oh, hello, Trisha. Trish, Trish, not Trisha. Uh, Trisha's healthy appetite writes. Uh, it's his. It's his privilege to use the left's vocab. Harry is so privileged; he talks about these subjects. Like he's been living in Pleasantville, yeah. I mean, it's kind of true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at at one point he he talks about how Prince Harry is kind of like uh, Truman from the Truman Show, right? Like his films just his film his his life's just been filmed uh, his entire life, and and uh, he kind of found his way out of it, right? Um, but he didn't really. It's 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 as if he left the Truman Show, but then he signed a contract with another show, and he just did the same thing uh, because he moved to L.A. He move to LA. If you don't want paparazzi, don't live in LA. That's that. Come on, guys. Get with the program here. Mark Alberto says, "Do you have thoughts on church versus Orthodox Church?" Uh, uh not really. I mean, I'm I'm a I was raised Protestant, uh, although my family was Catholic before um, before I was born. So we did go to Catholic Church a little bit. And uh, I like Catholic Church. I'll tell you why I like Catholic Church. Because Catholic Church is very pious. And I think that that's something that's always I've always missed in Protestant Church. I've always looked at the Protestant um, attitude, at least when I was going to church in like the 80s and 90s. In the 80s, it was actually a lot more serious. When I was going to Protestant Church in the 80s, it was... You know, but I was very young. You know, I was I was ten in nineteen ninety, right? I turned ten in nineteen eighty nine, uh, at the end of nineteen eighty nine. And so, from nineteen eighty 1980 to nineteen eighty nine, I was between the age of zero and oh, well, the age of one and nine, right? The age of one and nine. And um, it, I, you know, it, it, I, I didn't really like going to church. Sunday school was fine. You know, it, it was. But as a child, you don't really get much out of the sermons of the pastor. You go to Sunday school, right? So if you do end up having to go to the main area of the church and and watch the the preacher, you don't really care that much. You're just a kid. You know, you want to draw or something. And uh, once I got a little bit old enough, I could understand what the pastor was talking about, and I I knew a little bit more about Christianity and the whole concept of, of what I was listening to. Um. I just felt like it wasn't reverent enough. Uh, Protestant church in the '90s, uh, we started to get this thing that, that became popularized, where you would get, um, you know, somebody in the church who liked to sing, and then you would get these kind of like quasi rock songs that they would sing in front of the church, and I just felt like a lot of the people that were that were doing like the leading the the songs and stuff like that were uh we we're, were were like kind of enjoying the attention too much it just felt like it was like all about the people on stage and it wasn't about god as much that's what i felt like at least in the churches that i went to um so i really kind of became a little bit um cynical about protestant church and i and i really respected the, the piety of the the catholic church now obviously the catholic church uh doesn't conform to all the beliefs that the protestants have and so i I have some some disagreements with uh the views of the Catholic Church in in some small ways. I don't care as much. Some Protestants really think that uh like my grandparents really thought that Catholicism was like idolatry, right? Uh worshiping um Mary and all that kind of stuff, which is interesting because they were Catholics when I you know before I was born. But they really turned against Catholicism, and uh, I'm not as against Catholicism as a lot of Protestants. I, I think that all of that stuff uh, can work together. It's all about believing in God. It's all about um, respecting God and Christ and, the and you know, the um, you know, and having having that faith. I don't think that it matters that much if you're Protestant or you're Catholic or you're, uh, like say, an Eastern Orthodox Christian. We're all Christians. I, I think that Christians need to be a little bit more um, respectful of each other and not so much like oh, my Christianity is right. I, I, I really hate that kind of thing. Um, Mark in Alberta, yeah, okay, I read that. Uh, Frank James says, the difference between the left and the right, the right teaches a man to fish uh, and you feed him for a lifetime. The left teaches a man to fish and you give up, give up your leverage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so true. That's so... Tr- oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to steal that. That's absolutely g- genius. Yeah, the right thinks everybody needs to learn how to fish so that everybody can survive. The left says, whoa, 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 whoa. If everybody learns to fish, then we can't control them. Then we can't... Get- no, 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 no. We need to be the distributors of the fish. If you guys learn to fish, we're screwed. Uh, yeah, that's 100% right. Uh, let's see here. Mark in Alberta says, do all vaxes matter? I don't know what that means. Uh, Let's see here. Frank James writes, it was mine. I don't understand any of this. Oh, it was a $2.50 super chat. Did you start your channel before the apocalypse? Oh, the adpocalypse. I did not. No, I actually started after the first adpocalypse. I don't know how many adpocalypse there were before my channel started. It was definitely after the censorship had started. So it was very difficult to build my channel compared to before that. Uh, but that said, uh, I was able to build it. Um, but yeah, it was very quickly censored, very quickly censored. I actually looked into the data to figure out how my because my here, here's how I know what happened. My Gillette video was shared massively on YouTube, right? It was distributed on YouTube sort of organically, right? You can see how like it got popular. And then, and then, it was distributed by YouTube because they didn't know who I was, right? So it was distributed by YouTube organically, and it found a lot of different users who were new to my channel and were like, "Oh, this is great." If you look at the distribution on my AOC video, the success of my AOC video was almost exclusive. That was the big video, right? That was the video that made me famous, right? That 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 blew up and made my channel successful. That video was exclusively successful on Facebook. So what happened? Was, so it was almost ex- all external views. The um, the distribution on YouTube was actually quite minimal, which is insane if you think about it. Because if I'm getting whatever it was, two or three million views on on just external views, you'd think that the YouTube algorithm would go, "Holy crap, this is a video people want to see. Let's distribute this." And could you imagine how successful that video would have been if YouTube's distribution had been fair to my channel at that time? That video would have gotten 10, 20 million, 30 million views, something like that. But because YouTube had figured out, "Oh, this is a conservative channel, we need to block it." The 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 distribution on on YouTube, the number of views that I was getting off YouTube was very, very minimal. What was happening is people were sharing it on Facebook and it went viral on Facebook. So people were clicking, we're actually clicking on it and, and and being sent to YouTube from Facebook by clicking on the link. And actually, I didn't at the time. I didn't have a Facebook channel for my for my Mr. Reagan channel, so a lot of people were just copying my video and posting it on Facebook, and they were sharing it. So I don't know how many people saw that video, um, but a lot of it was like um, um, just ripped off of my. So I didn't get paid for most of the views. I think. Um, I don't know how many people saw it at the end, but I've gotten something I think like three million views on that video. But yeah, you you can't um, you you cannot succeed in the same way you can uh, on YouTube as a as a as a non political channel. You cannot succeed the same way as as a conservative channel. It's just not possible. You, YouTube will find sixteen different ways to screw you. I'm talking to my manager right now to try to figure out if we can't talk to YouTube to try to figure out how to remove some of the restrictions on my channel. Um I don't know how successful they're going to be at that. I think YouTube really hates my channel. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's I'm actually I'm actually uh losing subscribers at the moment, which is weird because you know my my channel has my my videos have a very good click-through rate. People seem to like them, but uh yeah, it's it's yeah, it is what it is. It's that's the game of YouTube. If you're conservative all right guys that's it for me i will be back tomorrow looking forward to it uh i'm gonna have some dinner and then i'm going to work on some videos for my mr reagan channel because uh yeah i got a bunch of videos i gotta put out so i will see you guys tomorrow remember we are the least professional show on youtube valeria should be back uh next week actually she's working every single day this week so she does apologize but she's not going to be around but anyway uh, I'm Toxic she's masculine and together we are Toxic Masculinity. Good night Toxic Masculinity